It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Of course, we continue to track the developing story in Ukraine and the border tensions with Russia as Russia continues to. Uh, mount uh, and position uh, their forces there along the Ukraine border. And as we look at all of that and all of the things that are happening here in the United States and what's going on with allies in Europe, uh, we often want to figure out what what's really going on, uh, what's going on on the ground. Uh, how are those tensions uh, rising between Russia and Ukraine? Uh, what are people really feeling and thinking? Uh, one Utah, uh, Utah was just in Ukraine. And he's actually joining us on the line now. David Levitt, of course, is Utah County Attorney. He's actually uh, uh, talking to us from Amsterdam, if I'm uh, not mistaken. That's right. Hello, Boyd. How are you? <laughs> Doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're a little under the weather today, uh, but we appreciate you taking some time. You've had some unique experiences on your, your journey. I have. My, my uh, family and I have uh, – we spent – uh, a lot of years in Ukraine. I spent 14 of my years as a lawyer working in Ukraine. And uh, so Ukraine is near and dear to our heart. And um, when the LDS Church evacuated the missionaries from Ukraine and the U.S. Embassy and the British Embassy evacuated their non-essential personnel, we we felt that we had just a very small window of opportunity uh, to get to Ukraine and take care of some urgent family matters there uh, while uh, missionaries and embassy personnel from around the world were leaving. Uh, we felt like that was a safe enough moment in time to be able to get in and get out. And so we left over the weekend uh, with three of my kids and uh, uh, <clears throat> spent about 24 hours on the ground in Ukraine. And uh was planning on landing in Salt Lake about uh, an hour and a half ago, but I tested positive for COVID in Amsterdam, so I'm quarantining in a hotel in Amsterdam. Oh well, there, no no good deed goes unpunished. I think is uh, you you know that well from your county attorney role. Uh, yes, and, I do. <laughs> well, you had so you had 24 hours on the ground in Ukraine again, just uh, going over there over the weekend. Uh, and I know you spoke to some uh, people who have a pretty uh, interesting investment in Ukraine that you spoke to. Tell us about that. Well, you know, Ukrainians are probably among the most patriotic people I've ever known in my life. I've been a lot of places around the world. But there, there is a patriotism that exists in Ukraine that is like none other. And Ukrainians are a hardworking people and a thrifty people and industrious people. And, uh, but they're also people that love their country and, uh, and they don't back down. And uh, chief among that, I'd say probably the 
the greatest Ukrainian national, as far as his Ukrainian nationalism, is a couple, Viktor and Katerina Yushchenko, the third president of Ukraine and former first lady of Ukraine. Uh, through our years in Ukraine, we became good friends with Viktor and Katya Yushchenko, and um, uh, he will be, if Russia invades, uh, a top target for uh, Vladimir Putin and um, because of his Ukrainian nationalism. And uh, and so we spent some time visiting with Katya and uh, getting her perspective. And, you know, it's it's a it's an interesting perspective to see in the field because we just don't have a we just don't have any kind of institutional understanding in America. What it, what it might feel like to have one hundred and thirty thousand troops on your border waiting to invade. Wow, that that is just uh, stunning. So as you had that conversation uh, with the former president and former first lady, uh, getting their insight and obviously that uh, that pride and uh, there had to be that tension, that worry. Uh, what, what are what are the rest of Ukrainian people really thinking and and sensing at this point? Well, uh, there's a different air there this time. Um, I've been in and out of Ukraine over. 150 times over the last 15 years, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I know parts of Kiev as well as I know parts of Salt Lake City, and um, it it's just a it, it, there's a different feel. People are preparing for the worst; they're hoping for the best, and uh, um, but you don't see people running. You see people. Uh, you know, stockpiling food, finding alternative sources uh, for fuel, uh, getting ready to, to 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 see what comes. But you also see people forming in militias and in and in groups to defend themselves. Uh, people in the West, including the United States, uh, lose sight of the fact that Ukraine has been at war with Russia now for almost eight years, and and so this is. This is uh, certainly escalated, but it's also something for which they have become accustomed. And uh, Ukraine has five over 500,000 honorably discharged veterans who've been, who have been fighting the war with you, with Russia. And uh, you know everyone is everyone is ready and everyone is prepared and called to arms, so to speak. I, I think that if uh, Vladimir Putin decides to invade. Uh, you'll see images of 70-year-old women holding pitchforks, defending defending their country against 22-year-old Russian soldiers. I mean, it, it's going to be um, – it, it, it will be an absolute catastrophic tragedy if war breaks out in Ukraine. Yeah, and as uh, you look at that with your unique perspective and, and history and, and love of that country, uh, what are the things that you're watching for? Of course, everyone's kind of seeing what – Vladimir Putin does or doesn't do, or how the Biden administration uh, is leading or not leading, how NATO is uh, united or not united uh, or on the same page. What are you watching for in the days ahead? Well, I I think that um, it's important to note that NATO uh, and NATO coming closer to Russia is not, in my opinion, Russia's greatest fear. Russia's greatest fear and Russia's greatest threat is having a democratically elected nation next door to it, meaning Ukraine. Mm. And because there are so many ties between that country, between 
families and friends that go back and forth between Ukraine and Russia that um, a, a, a country that is moving toward democracy will do nothing but foment unrest in a country that is moving towards dictatorship. And and what I would expect to see is that uh, you know Putin um, will try to win um, by demoralizing, by confusing, by you know just scaring the Ukrainians. And what I think you'll find is the Ukrainians, uh, though they don't want to be in this situation, the Ukrainians won't be won't be afraid and won't back away. But what I would see, you know, I, I think the coming months are going to be, uh, you know, the coming actually the next few weeks will be crucial. Because, you know, something we don't think about in, in in the United States is that tanks can travel across frozen ground much more easily than they than, than they can across mud. And so there's a small window of opportunity while the ground is frozen uh, for Putin to make his move if he's going to. Uh, President Yushchenko believes that most of what Putin is doing is bluster um, and that he is doing this to gain uh, other advantages in the southern part of Ukraine next to Crimea. Um, And he does not believe that Putin will invade Kiev, for example, and and when his wife asks, "Well, Victor, why do you think that? Why do why do you feel that way when the rest of the world feels entirely different?" and uh, Victor just looks at her and says, "Because I know him, <laughs> and nobody else, you know, none of these commentaries know him. I know him, wow. and and so he's got a perspective, you know. And, and, and Putin is the man who orchestrated the poisoning." poisoning of Viktor Yushchenko in 2004. And so, I mean, they have a very lengthy, not so tender history. Wow. That is uh, incredible insight. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you sharing that with us. David Levitt, uh, Utah County attorney, uh, joining us live on the line uh, from Amsterdam, where he's doing a little quarantining action before he returns to Salt Lake, uh, but was in Ukraine, uh, spoke with the former president of Ukraine and uh, former first lady, and such incredible insight. Uh, David, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. You get better uh, and uh, get back on that plane. We need you back here in uh, in Utah. But thank you for your perspective today. Thank, thanks, Boyd. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That is uh, absolutely fascinating that the former president of Ukraine, Viktor Yushchenko, uh, who was poisoned by Vladimir Putin and his thugs, uh, believes that uh, Putin is bluffing. Uh, that this is positioning and posturing uh, and really dividing the United States in the West. Uh, we'll continue to break that down. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought... 
There are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.